This is Evan Weiss, the author of uh, Bike Snob, the book, and Bike Snob, the blog. Yep. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Um, I'm. I just finished reading the book. Uh huh. I was very. I mean, it was. I, I was very happy to get it in the mail. It's. It's about one of the most beautiful books I've ever. I've ever owned. Oh well, thank you. I mean, I can't take any credit for for the fact that it's a beautiful book. That was all the the publisher. Who, uh, who hired the designer and the artist and who did a terrific, amazing job, and I'm blown away by it. I just did the words, the filler. Okay, the filler. I, I assumed that it was some friend of yours. The... No, no, I never knew those guys before. So you have been anonymous for most of your blogging career, and now you've come out of anonymity. Yeah. Uh, was it to write the book? Uh, that was the immediate, uh, reason. I knew when I started the blog I wasn't going to be anonymous forever. Um, and, uh, the, with a, with a book coming out, that was the perfect, uh, perfect time to, to stop being anonymous. But, uh, um, I, I would have, e I would have either way because, uh, after a while the, the anonymity served its purpose and the, the blog established its voice. And um, and I felt like the anonymity was starting to become kind of gimmicky. I mean, how long can you be the the anonymous blogger? Plus, people were starting to figure me out anyway. So after a while, after a while, you think you're, you're pretending to be anonymous. Everybody knows who you are. It's like it's like being naked and thinking nobody sees you and walking around, you know, naked. Uh, so so people did know who you were. Yeah, here and there, I, I more and more people would would figure it out. People in the in the local racing scene or whatever, and and uh, you know, becoming an open secret or something. But uh, um, yeah, so that's why. But you know, the, the the fact is, I I was and am nobody. So it's not like it's not like one person knowing would blow the whole thing wide open. Because what are you going to tell somebody? Ooh, he's Evan Weiss. Like, who's that? Who cares? Whatever. Do you, did you ever do you think that that not being anonymous will get you in trouble when you uh, criticize certain people? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think so. Good. I think most people know when they read the blog that I'm just, uh, you know, they they get my voice, as I said, and they know that I'm I'm a wise guy, and and I've been surprised and pleasantly surprised since writing the blog that people people enjoy it. I mean, I'll write about people and I'll think, oh boy, they're probably not going to like that, and I'll hear from them by email, and they'll be like, oh, I really enjoyed the post. That was funny. So, so uh, no, I don't think my name being attached will change too much. So um, you've been doing the blog for a while. Yeah, three years. And um, what what came from the blog from doing the blog for you uh, before in your anonymous and. Has anything more come from it since you've come out as, a, come, as the author? Come from it in terms of what? Well, what did you get from from the blog? Was it was it just personal satisfaction, or do you you know? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, the, the the immediate thing I get from the blog is that I just I I love writing it. It's 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 something I just absolutely love. I love the, I love writing it. I love hearing from the people who read it. I love that people enjoy it. I I enjoy the process of it. I like. I've learned a huge amount from doing it. Both. I've learned a lot about cycling and bikes from doing it. I mean, I learn something from my commenters every day, and then, and and just writing every day makes you a better writer and makes you a sharper writer. So, so the most immediate thing is that, and then uh, beyond that, it's it's allowed me to to write outside of the blog. Obviously, I've written a book, and mm -hmm. and 
you know, write a column in Bicycling Magazine and, and have done uh, magazine writing outside of the blog. And I mean, I'm a writer. I love to write, so it, so it's made those things possible. So, but always, always the blog is sort of at the at the center of my of my thoughts, and it's it's the thing that it's the thing that everything else radiates uh, from for me. So, what's your day job? What's that been? Uh, well, it's this now. Um, I was. At the time I started the blog, and until uh, this past fall, I worked uh, in book publishing at a um, uh, literary agency, actually. Uh, but I left there in September, and I've been focusing on uh, on all this writing stuff. So when I'm reading the the book, I, I didn't know about the blog. I'm, you know, I have a bike talk show. I should know about the blog, but I'm not. You didn't know about it. I, look, <laughs> where you been? No, I mean, look. I, you That's know. the cool thing about the internet, by the way, is that uh, you you discover things all the time that that are popular that you never heard from. Things can just exist totally independently of each other, and and uh, I do that all the time. I, I find I find out about things. I'm like I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And I'm like, yeah, where have you been? Millions of people read it every day. But, uh, well, since then, I have you know everybody I've talked to is you know I told them I was going to interview you. They all they all know you and. Right. Some people. I had this, somebody in here right now um, from uh, from Cyclovia in, in L.A. Yeah. Said that he he felt kind of stunned by uh, a comment you made about beekeeping. <laughs> stunned by my comment yeah. about beekeeping. He's stung? actually he's stung? actually. Did you say stung I, by know, the? I, I was actually. I just came out. <laughs> I think yeah, really, that's good. Can, he's right here. Can can he talk? Can you talk to him for a second, real quick? About the beekeeping comment? Well, he might just—I don't know what he wants to say, but he, he was reaching for the phone. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, here you go. Hey, Ben. This is Bobby. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. No, I, I was just—I um, I, wasn't—I wasn't stung by the comments, but it's just—you know—I I follow the blog occasionally, and it's just funny when it lands on something that you yourself do. Are you a beekeeper? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not pretentious about it. Like those people you were making fun of, like <laughs> th- those people really deserved deserved. The, the, they don't represent beekeeping yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> They're like pretentious beekeepers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't give the hives really silly names and you know talk about how. Uh, I well, I don't. In the Hamptons with the bees or whatever like that. So. I didn't mean to paint all you guys with the same like honey glazed brush or anything. So I apologize if if it hit close to home. All right, all right. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> uh, Evan, it's Nick again. I, I have several people in the studio. I think who'd like to talk to you, but when they reach for the phone, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. But, sure. Um, so reading the book, I I felt for the first time I, I was thinking, well, oh, is that me? Do I? You know, am I a righteous cyclist? Right. Am I, a, am I an urban cyclist? Or you have the different types. Yeah. Do you have, what, would you describe yourself as having kind of a talent for making people, uh, you know, w- want your approval? Uh, I don't, I, I would think and hope that people don't really want my approval because, I mean, why would you want my approval? Who am I? I I'm not, I'm not uh, worthy of giving anybody approval. I think it's more... I think everybody recognizes themselves in, in some of these types, and I recognize myself in a lot of those types, and I think it's, it's so entertaining uh, of, uh, to, to, see, to see yourself or people you're, you're familiar with represented like that. So um, uh, as far as actually wanting my approval, 
I don't think anybody wants it. Oh, the phone has been handed off. Hi, my name's Kristen. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. My boyfriend is the biggest fan of your blog. He starts every morning with your blog. So. Oh, thank so you. So you're a breakfast conversation. Um, uh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> we love it. Um, I haven't had the chance to, to read the book, but um, I understand that that you were a proud spandex wearer. Uh, yeah. Well, when the when the uh, you know when circumstances warrant it, I don't walk around like in the grocery store. <laughs> How do you feel about what do you? My sister's a roadie, and okay. me and my boyfriend just use our bikes to get around the city. We go on long rides, but she's trying to get us to wear chamois. Right. And for I. I'm freaked out by chamois. I think it's just like a giant overnight maxi pad. And right. I, I can handle it. Right. Um, and my boyfriend is looking into the all-natural, original goat skin chamois. What? Yes. And it's I... actually, the skin itself, it's, it's called a chamois because it was originally made from... Well, chamois, you, chamois yeah, yeah, goat. in the old days, sure. But they still sell them. Okay. And he's, you know, trying to go back to the roots. He has this interest of being, of revisiting the original. Everybody's <laughs> got to do that stuff. Everybody's got to go mine, mine history for the old vintage stuff and be authentic and all of that. I, I don't understand why you'd want to do that. Like, they have synthetic chamois now. Just use the synthetic. It's well, easier. It's, as, it's, it's supposedly, it's just like it's not as lumpy. It's not as lumpy. It's not as lumpy. As I I don't have a problem with with lumpiness in my chamois. Maybe he just needs better shorts. Is the chamois? Do you think the chamois is it more for moisture absorption, or it's, it's from for chafing? It's for yeah. chafing and moisture absorption and all of it. I mean, if it's working for you with whatever you're wearing, that's what counts. But. I mean, if I get on my bike and I'm riding all day, I'm riding for like five hours or something like that, and it's 70, 80 degrees, and, and uh, I mean, I can't imagine wearing anything else. What do you wear? Like, just underwear, regular underwear, and like jeans or something? That would just be like a, you'd have an ecosystem down there by the end of the ride. It's, Sounds awful. <laughs> the chamois, it's all, it's all comfortable, and you put a little, you put a little cream on it. This is getting really way too graphic, but <laughs> you slather it with some cream, and then you know you got to coddle that area. So it's not like wearing, it's not like having a load in your pants. Uh, no, it shouldn't be. Okay. I, I don't find I don't it know, to be. I know the ones my sister was waving around on our, our video on our video chat camera were were really big, but um. The, the, your fellow beekeeper has another question. Here, let me write the phone off. Well, I was just going to throw in on, on the chamois there. I was I was a chamois skeptic for a long time. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah How can no, you be skeptical about it? Well, because it, it definitely looks like, you know, when you see someone off the bike wearing it, which you do have to do occasionally when you're walking to and from your bike. Yeah. Um, it looks like you're wearing some kind of weird futuristic diaper thing. Yeah, but, so, I mean... It, it, there's, there's, I think there's context in this world. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you're on the kind of ride where you need to be wearing all that stuff, usually it's about the ride. Like, yeah, you're not yeah, putting yeah. that stuff on and riding and then doing a bunch of other stuff. So the bike's always nearby. Yeah, yeah. So anybody is going to put you in context. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I think. And, you know, you could do the thing where you put the shorts over it if it bothers you that yeah, much. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fully converted. Like, I wear it, like, you know, because I, I ride, like, 26 miles to work, so I wear all that crap. Yeah. But uh, but I was skeptical, and it was just because of how crazy it looks. So I'm just I'm just telling Kristen, like, you know, just try it out on a long ride, you know. It's like if you go swimming. What, don't you wear a swimming costume? <laughs> if you go scuba diving, you're going to put on a wetsuit probably or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. If you go ski, I don't know, I don't ski, but, I mean, you put on ski clothes. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying, but all whatever right. works. Okay, let's move on to a non-chammy topic. Here, here okay, yeah, we've spent way too much time on chammies. Hey, um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to go over the book. It's a great size. Like, it, it fits in your pocket. You've commented, you've complimented <laughs> everything about the book except the writing. I'm starting. I'm you like starting, the way it looks? Like you like the drawings? You like the size? <laughs> I'm starting with the outside. I'm, 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 okay. I've, yeah. I've, no, it is a good size. I okay, agree. All right. What do I do with the stickers? Uh, well, you could stick them on stuff. Where's a cool place to? I'm sort of kidding about the stickers, but uh, yeah. No, I know. Cool you could. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe um, stick them on on your friend's bike when he's not looking or cool, something. Cool. Like someone who hates my blog and just thinks I'm a total jerk and like, that bike's up, guys. No, he hasn't been funny in two years. Put it on his bike. Um, how much does this bike, the book cost? Because I, I didn't, I got it for free. How much does the book cost? Is it, is it a, is it I like should a, know that. It says it on the book. How much does the book cost? $16.95. $16.95. Yeah. Cheap. All right. Okay, you so can probably, you can get it cheaper, you know, from from uh, <laughs> retailers that I won't name. Oh, you, okay. Well, it's like anything, you know. You, you know, you, you have certain online uh, retailers, for example, mm-hmm. tend to discount things. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a talk show, you can set up an interview and with you and get an advanced copy. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll let pretty much anyone interview me. They're not very selective. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if anybody out there wants to uh, wants a free copy of the book, just pretend you have a show. Uh, call Chronicle Books and say that you need a book and they're going to interview me. They might get suspicious after a while, but it's a good tactic. Hmm. Yeah, I like getting free stuff very much. Mm-hmm. So let's um, talk about the, you have it organized into sections. Yeah. And you have some, you, one section that really stands out is the types of cyclists. Uh, yes. To me. Yeah, yeah. And you have, do you want to just go over the types? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I don't have the book in front of me, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I think I got the roadies in there, uh, mountain bikers in there, cyclocross, uh, people in there, urban cyclists in there, um, righteous, righteous cyclists, Cyclists. beautiful Godzilla's contraption captains. Is there any, any, anybody you want to hone in on? Well, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf, of course. Yes. And Lone Wolf. Yeah. You know what? I, at first I thought that that was you, but. Like a lone wolf, but because I was... think he's he's in all of us. But uh, yeah. that guy, the guy, um, I mean, the lone wolf is a type of cyclist. But there's also a guy I I talk about on my blog who kind of exemplifies the the lone wolf type, and uh, he is actually in Los Angeles. That guy. Oh really? Yeah. Can and we... uh, if you go to my blog and you like uh, do a search for lone wolf, you'll see pictures of him. Um, He's and and uh, people he he turns up at big events like the tour of California like he'll he'll always come out to watch the race and he's a guy he's got like a really exotic a uh, U S national team Olympic time trial bike and he wears uh, like white 
running shoes and and uh, usually like a golden sweatshirt, and he's got really he's got kind of a a majestic mullety kind of haircut, and he's. And he just, uh, he, he always shows up at these special occasions, and he's sort of the lone wolf, and he's all beatific and everything, and he's, uh, he's a really compelling character. But he's an L.A. guy. And he also rides around a lot. People have sent me pictures of him riding on, like, a, it's like an old mountain bike, but he's got a fairing on it, and he has this kind of uh, bottled water tree behind the seat. So I'll have, like, six or seven bottles of, like, crystal geyser or whatever spring water kind of on the back. It's really kind of impressive. Yeah, I think I've seen him at Amgen. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, here's Liz with a question. Yeah. Hey there. Um, this is Liz. I don't know if you remember, but without naming names, like I emailed you a while back about maybe a job that I hated that required certain writing. And oh, was, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I was like, what do I do? And right. you were like, just you know, keep trying. Right. Um, I think I was I was fired shortly thereafter. Oh, see, oh, because I gave you bad advice. <laughs> well, no, 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 probably for reading too much bike snob at work. But oh. anyway, <laughs> I I'm hope they're not listening. But anyway, um, first of all, I want to say that I have seen I have seen the lone wolf in action, and I've yeah. been like up close, you know, like, and I've been able to observe him. Yeah. And uh, he must be pretty hydrated with the the water bottle tree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Somebody told me, somebody emailed me and said that they talked to him on a ride, and and he said, like, I think he's a Native American or part Native American, and he said, and, and he explained to them something about how he, do, he doesn't sweat or something like that. <laughs> like, he's he has immunity to heat or something. Well, he does, like, he does wear, like, full body, like, coverage when he's out riding, and it's usually, like, at the beach. Um, yeah. I've observed him in Santa Monica. Yeah. Um... He's very hydrated and he's very fast with the 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 wheel, the USA wheels, yeah. and the, the the shield, the like motorcycle shield on the front. Yeah, it's got the fairing <laughs> on there. Yeah, he knows he knows what he's doing. It's very futuristic. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I was glancing through the book right now, and you have a you have a, a chapter titled "Why Is Everyone Trying to Kill Me?" Yes. Um. And, uh, like, it's funny, my sisters, my whole family lives out in suburbia, so when they ride bikes, it's, like, in these really luxurious bike lanes. And oh, my, yeah. my little, and I ride out in L.A., and my little sister's always like, how do you do that? Aren't you scared? Yeah. Um, she's so scared for my safety, she bought me a road ID, which I thought was cute, but is not going to keep the cars from coming at me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just, I was actually just wondering if you saw that, um, if you'd heard about, I mean, you probably have, but the incident, the recent incident in San Francisco. Yeah, um, I did hear about that. Yeah. And I, I kind of, um, I, I have to say, you know, I, I'm on uh, leave from the blog this week. Uh-huh. I took a week off because, right. uh, you know, I had, we, we had a, a kid and uh, last weekend, so we're kind of figuring out how he works. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I saw that that came up, and and I was sort of, trying not to read about it because it just sounded so awful and just like the kind of thing that you read and just get furious about um um yeah it's terrible i mean you read stuff like that all the time it's really upsetting yeah um and when then what do you think about like when you or i mean you don't have to if you don't you know want to deal with it right now I, you know you just had a, a, a little one congrats no, on that and you don't want to like hear about all this but you know we were my a friend and i were looking at the comments in that article and it's always interesting how anything that has to do with 
like cyclists always generate this kind of um, this whole it becomes this war in the comments like cyclists versus motorists. You know? Oh yeah, like, uh huh. You guys no, it always any kind of mainstream uh, story involving cyclists or cars and cyclists always yeah it just becomes a total flame war and all that hate comes out and all of that kind of stuff and I. I don't know. I, I I think the thing that bothers me most about it is that everybody everybody seems to want to think in terms of cyclists and non-cyclists. Like every time I do, you know, I've been been lucky enough that people want to interview me now because I've got this book out. Mm-hmm. And any time I go on the radio or something like that, they want to, they, you know, the topic comes up like cars versus bikes, and I just don't know. Why we're like this? Why? Why is it cars versus bikes? Why we're all we're all? It sounds now I'm getting really corny, but it's like we're all people. Yeah. Everybody's people, and most people who ride bikes also drive now and again, and vice versa. You know, plenty of drivers ride bikes, and I don't know why everything's gotten why why we've gotten to this point where we all identify ourselves uh, with our vehicles. And it's terrible, you know. And I, I mean. Uh, People uh, people like to argue, and it's become one of those things that people just like to snipe at each other about. Yeah, I feel like one of my favorite anti-cyclist comments is always like, well, but you don't pay like for a license, you don't register your vehicle, so like you aren't paying the taxes to keep the roads, you know. Oh, yeah, maintained. that's a, that's all just ignorance, yeah, yeah. of course. Right. Well, and like you were saying, like I feel like a lot of us do have cars. Like a lot of yeah. us who ride also have cars. Like I have a car. I have a station wagon, and sometimes I throw the bike in the car, and I drive it somewhere, and then I ride it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of the dumb... I mean, I've had that all the time where I've had uh, somebody in a car kind of do something stupid or yell at me and and I, you know you'll say why why are you doing that what's wrong with you and they'll be like well I'm in a car you're on a bike and it's just it's the dumbest kind of person who can't make that connection that that you're a person and the fact that you're on a bike doesn't you're not like you know it's like having no object permanence uh, not being able to comprehend that that you're a human who gets off a bike sometimes sometimes you're walking sometimes <laughs> you're maybe you're in a car on an airplane doing yeah. everything you know you may have a friend in common that you don't know about. It's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a really, really stupid mentality. And I mean, just street use and sharing streets and all of that, it's kind of like the final animal frontier. It's one of the yeah. last places where, where people deal with each other on this animalistic level, and it just comes out a lot. Well, I think that's an interesting point that you make about the animalistic level, because I do feel that when you're on the road, we, all of us, ten, tend to um, kind of fall into this very almost self-righteous kind of, like, I have the right to the road, because even, right. I mean, I have to admit, sometimes on my bike, like, I'm like, no, this is my road, like, and I'm going to take it, and you can't do anything about it, and right. even as a pedestrian, I'm like, oh, these cars are all in my way, right. and I think that when you're on the road, it's very easy to forget that other people are there. Right, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the reason some of this spirals out of control with drivers and cyclists is because it's also... When you're on a bike, you know, forgetting right or wrong and all of that, a cyclist can can do something stupid just like a motorist yeah. can. But the the difference is that when you're on a bike, you you really are more vulnerable. So when you get scared or when somebody does something to you, you react a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you, you react in an extreme way because because your your life has been threatened. So uh, that often doesn't help the situation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, obviously. 
uh, when somebody does something to you and, on, and you're on a bike and you see your life flash before your eyes, you just feel, <laughs> I mean, I write about it in the book, you yeah. just feel you cannot believe that somebody would take this yeah. liberty with you as, as a human being. But, of course, then, you know, then the, then the ugly cycle begins. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to lighten the mood with one last thing, and which mm. is, now that you've written, okay, now that you've written a book, and we all know it happens to very popular books, they become movies, so <laughs> yeah. what's the bike, what would the Bike Snob movie be about? Uh, the Bike Snob movie, <laughs> wow. Uh, like, would it be more, like, have you seen, you've seen that movie? I think I would make one of those. Uh, fixed gear movies, you know, one of these, like, urban fixed gear movies that everybody's making. I think I'd make the Citizen Kane of urban fixed gear movies. I'd have to do that. They get, like, a really big Hollywood director and, and do lots of, like, slow motion elephant trunk skids with things blowing up in the background and all of that. And they get all the celebrities to do it. So that's what I would do. I'd do the world, I'd do, like, it would be mashed times a million. It would be the the, the world's greatest fixed gear video. Would there be a rosebud? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it would to be some like campy hub or something like that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, I'm gonna pass the phone. All right. Hello. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah. My name is Molly. And, Hi. Um, there's a couple of us here who are. Um, volunteers at the bicycle kitchen here in LA, and so uh -huh. we basically, you know, are trying to teach people how to do bike, bicycle maintenance, and um, we so we sort of noticed a lot of the trends as, <clears throat> you know, as fixed gears got really popular, we yeah. were doing more, you know, most of what we were doing um, with the, the kids that would come in were, were helping them convert their bikes to fixed gears, and we've sort of been joking about what's going to what's gonna come after fixed gears, and uh, we noticed sort of around the neighborhood that there's been a lot of people uh, carrying yo-yos. <laughs> so, um, what are your thoughts on maybe if the yo-yo would replace the fixed gear? Uh, the the yo-yo, I guess it's like a fixed gear because yeah, it has to keep spinning or it stops, right? Right. right. So that's that that's similar. Uh, I think it's it's a nice complement to the fixed gear because you know people like the fixed gears because you can kind of hang around in the parking lot and do dumb tricks on them. So you could do that with a yo-yo. Um, it's harder to get your yo-yo stolen than your fixed gear, That's right? Because you can That's keep true. it in your pocket. Um, I don't know. It could happen. The only thing about the yo-yo is, like, even the people who just want to hang out and do tricks on their bikes, they do like to ride their bikes, like, to a bar or something. And you can't, like, you can't, like, the yo-yo on its own isn't going to get you anywhere. So, But I could see it becoming, like, a hot thing to do in the fixed gear community, mm -hmm. you know, you always got to have a yo-yo in your, like, messenger bag or something, whip it out. That's true. I could see that. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to pass you on to Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, something I've been, I've been talking about with the bike people is the next thing being, um, the next hot thing being taking the cranks off your bike and just converting it to a, a running machine. Right, uh, right. Trezine, like the louse machine yeah, for the yeah. dandy horse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because, Could happen. Because, you can't skid. Well, you skid with your feet. Well, exactly. Well, no, you do like a foot jam or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of kids around here now who um, are trying to do the fixed gear thing, but they uh, don't actually. They just have a free wheel, but they still. They, but they go with the no brakes thing. So you see them. Yeah. Oh, free wheel, no brakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you well, see, that's big with the BMXers. Yeah, yeah. So you but can, uh, you mean like on big, like 700C 
wheel bikes with freewheel and no brake. Yeah, yeah, and they're just and they're like you know teenagers who the bikes are too big for and they're like struggling to stop. And really? Of, yeah, it's kind of terrifying. That's not good. Yeah, somebody needs to do something yeah, about yeah, that yeah. before it's too late. I mean, I you know, it's, it's, when you when you talk to them about it, it's kind of hard to you know tell a teenager what they're doing is too dangerous because that's exactly what they're trying to do. So yeah, exactly. I mean, the teenagers wouldn't be doing their job if they were yeah, being yeah, safe yeah. and responsible. So that's like on my blog. You know, I write about. Obviously, I make fun of stuff like that all the time. But um, when somebody is ob- there's like a certain age where. I believe anything goes, and I believe no matter how stupid uh, what you're doing is, it's sort of, it's sort of, that sacred isn't the right word, but, you know, there's this period in your life where you need to do your dumb stuff. But I think what's funny about it, the, the thing that's always been funny about, you know, certain areas of cycling, like the fix your thing, for example, is is just the age of some of the participants. I mean, I think it's funny when, when uh, you know, some of this stuff, I mean, People in their twenties and thirties are sort of, you know, like it's it's like collecting toys and stuff like that. It's kind yeah, of yeah. it's kind of that's where it gets a little funny. Yeah, teenagers, you know, riding a free wheel bike with no brakes. I guess that that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually got to run. I have to go to a beekeepers meeting. So. Uh... All right. Good luck. <laughs> Don't. Uh, do you wear a helmet or a mask, or are you like the maskless beekeeper? I, I wear a full full getup. There's no exposed skin. Is there a chamois? <laughs> no, there is not. All right. All right. Well, careful at the beekeepers right. thing. Thanks. See you later. All right. Hey, Evan, I don't know how long you have for this interview, but it's it's great that you that you can call. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, and, uh, you know, we'd like to have you on every show if we could. Uh, I'd like to be on every show if I could, but I probably couldn't. But uh, I'd be happy to come on again. That'd be great. One of these days. Um, well, I think one thing is apparent from your book is that you have uh, what I think you described as a love for cycling. Yes, very much so. And uh, you describe it as a way of seeing the world. Yeah. And you also have some opinions about people who take it too far in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, like anthropomorphism? Yes, yes. Would you like me to expand upon that? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the thing, just to get really sentimental and corny, I mean, the thing about uh, cycling for me, it's been, um, it's sort of been a constant in my life, something I've always loved, and, and the uh, the thing about it is when you, sometimes when you, when you focus on something you love, something worthwhile, I mean, you can you can love something and focus on it to your destruction, like drugs or things like that or, you know, bad relationships and so forth. But, uh, I mean, something like cycling, if you love it and you, you follow it, I, I, it, it, it can reward you, you know. It can bring you to, it can physically bring you places and it can mentally bring you places. You learn about yourself, you meet people, all of that kind of stuff. So, so... That's kind of where I was coming from in the in the book, and uh, that's that's uh, that's sort of the the thing I kind of realized. I mean, it, cycling brought me to writing a blog, which brought me to writing a book, which kind of brought a lot of things in my life to fruition. So I owe it a lot, and uh, uh, so that's sort of what it's about for me. And um, but yeah, I, 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 I caution in the book about taking that stuff too seriously because obviously when you do, when you hone in too much on the material stuff and you get too wrapped up in having the fancy bike or the customizing or whatever, um, 
that usually ends badly. Something gets stolen, something breaks, something happens. You know, you got to kind of uh, keep your perspective. Um, and I guess what would you say that a person can get from reading your book? I mean, it's got it's got everything from how to you know how to deal with a crash, how to maintain your bike, what kind of you know what kind of styles. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing I would want someone to get from the book is is just to enjoy the book and be entertained, um, and then. Um, the number two thing I would want them to get is um, I want the person who who has and uh, you know who loves and has loved cycling for a long time to be reaffirmed in it, and I would want the person who's maybe interested in it uh, to feel uh, encouraged and to feel you know the person who's maybe on the periphery and thinking like oh, you know I'd kind of like to ride a bike but it looks dangerous or. I don't know if I'm cool enough to ride a bike. I see like all these like racer types, or I see these kind of track bike guys, and I, I don't know if I'm that. I don't know if I'm cool enough. I want that person to be able to laugh at it, uh, or or just not be intimidated by it, and, and get on the bike and really enjoy it. All right. Well, thanks, man. It's Chronicle Books, 1695, Bike Snob, and uh, it's it's out now. Uh, yeah, out now. Wherever bookstores, you know, online, wherever. Yeah. I mean, I. We, we could talk for I mean, support hours, your independent right? bookstore, but you know what I'm saying. I have one more question. Can, yeah. can somebody ask you here? Hello, it's Kristen again. Hi. Hi. I, um, me and my boyfriend have yeah. uh, been riding for a while, and we have accumulated a number of bikes. Yeah. And I always like to find out how many bikes people have. How many bikes do you have? Um, I think I have, like... I think I have six right now. Six bikes. And yeah. What, what's that's your because sorry that's because i um and i race i do different kinds of racing so like you need to have a few race bikes for the various disciplines so um uh yeah i think it's six mm. and what's your your number number one get around bike i just have uh the bike i ride most of the time for getting around the city it's just a kind of cheap steel a uh, beater bike with fenders and a rack and on the back, and it's totally anonymous and unremarkable. Smart, smart, yeah. smart, smart. And do you work on your own bike? Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy working on bikes. I find it relaxing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's like darning socks or something. Oh, you know, if you are in L.A. and you need to work on your bicycle, please feel free to come into the kitchen. Oh, I will. I will. Thank you. But they won't let you in on Monday nights. No? Okay. No, All right. That's uh, no, I'll definitely come by. So. <laughs> Sweet. Anybody else? Oh. Passing. Liz wants to say goodbye. Hold on. Hey, it's Liz again. Hey. Um, Actually, before, I, before, we, before we all part ways. Yeah. Um. I was wondering because your anonymity on the blog was such a big, such a big part of it. Yeah. Now that you revealed yourself, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think is going to happen now? I think everybody's going to lose interest in me and realize oh, no. how incredibly lame I am and how incredibly lame my blog is, and hopefully I'll just be forgotten and 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 discarded <laughs> oh, and, by the roadside, <laughs> which is what I deserve. You'd be discarded by the roadside by like an uncool, like like an uncool fixie, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yesterday's uh, top two pads. Yesterday's Republic bike from yep. Outfitters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm going on Craigslist, and that's it. Oh no! Just sell me goodbye. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, All right, thank besides you. Besides the cycling, you're you know it's incredible writing. Um, thank you. It's very entertaining. You create like a. 
a personality and a vocabulary that, you know, that oh. we can all live in. Um, Thank you. Like, it's like this whole world. And yeah. I think that, you know, as long as people are riding bikes, people will be interested in what the bike snob has to say. Thank you very much. It's very kind. Yeah. I, I hope, I, of course, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I, yeah, I love doing it, and, and I don't think that... I, I, I mean, I'm the least interesting thing about the blog, and the blog is the blog. It's the same as it, as it was when I was anonymous, so I don't think, I don't think my identity makes a difference. Okay, well, thank you very much for being on the show with us. Thank you. uh, Yeah, everyone go out and get the book. It's a beautiful little book. It's very entertaining to read, and it comes with gold stickers. Yes, best part, yes. Thank you guys very much for having me on, and ride safe out there, and uh, maybe I'll see you out there one of these days. (laughs) Excellent. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye.